Hello everyone, welcome back to, welcome back to whatever my show's called, it's been so long since I've done this because of the plague, but welcome back to Unpopular Critic Wars, where the Godfather sucks and the Emoji Movie rocks. Now before we get into, like, our regular you know, satire and discourse, before I say something funny, witty, and uh, you know, self-deprecating, I, I want to take a serious second to acknowledge the passing of Chadwick Boseman. Uh, that, that personally hit me hard, no one's guaranteed tomorrow, but he was a, gr he was a great guy. In, re in real life, he wasn't one of those fake celebrities. He was a good guy, and we remember you. So that said, on that said, onto the not hilariousness because I can't do a, a joke worth a shit. Well, I'd like to introduce. So I'd like to do a crappy introduction instead to my partner and guest host, or whatever you call him, Mr. Ethan Carroll. Help! I'm being held against my will. I said, shut up and like it. Y yes, Mr. Shellhorn. Yeah. You didn't, you didn't say at all. Yes, Mr. Shellhorn Master, sir. Lord is the greatest person in the world who knows everything and is so totally hot. Oh, thank you. Oh, you could have, oh, you could have added Caesar in there as well, but... All right. Well he, well, he chose completely of his own free will to join me today. Because we're actually changing things up a little bit. We're not going to be sticking to a standard review of a movie like I do. <laughs> Standard review. I've never done one of those. I've done joke joke reviews. No. Instead, we were act we actually had something we were thinking of. Uh, you might. Now, Ethan, have you ever just watched a movie where you where you think or read a book or any kind of work? Or you, like, it's not bad, but it's just not hitting you the right way. I have no idea what you're talking about. I, I mean, yes, yes, Mister Shelburne. <laughs> yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> No, no, don't worry. You never know. You never know what I'm talking about. I don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, or I guess something that's like good, but you could kind of say, "Yeah, that was that was good," but it's just not doing anything for me. Or, well, it's good. I can see why it's good, but I, I just don't personally like it. I wouldn't care to watch it again, or 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 whatever. Or or feel free to not interject if I've left anything out. Now. Nah. Uh, well, Mr. Shellhorn, sir, what's the what's an example uh, you might have that might help me uh, understand better? Well, oh shoot, oh shoot, probably gonna probably gonna get in trouble, with President Briggs. Like, well, God bless him, because I'm because I did a gun joke. But um, well, for me, I think what I'm gonna throw in there is Finding Dory. Now, I'll, I'll have plenty to say about that later today, but for but condensed for me personally, it is a good movie. I feel like it, it was a solid Pixar movie. It restores our faith in them. That said, I didn't like it as much as a lot of people did, and I, I kind of thought that, yeah, I, I just didn't enjoy it that much. And I, I've got reasons, but but even though this show is all about me and I don't give a shit about anyone else, uh, what do you think, Mr. Carroll? Uh, well, personally, Mr. Shellhorn, if you'll take the blade away from my back for a moment. You have three seconds. I personally thought that Finding Dory wasn't anything great, but it didn't need to be because it was pretty honest up front that it was just trying to be, you know, a fun, mediocre little flick from Pixar. And I'm okay with a fun, mediocre little flick every once in a while. So I thought it did its job exactly, you know? Yeah, that, yeah that's true. But, but not, that's what Disney sought to be in the first place. It, not Di Disney, that stupid, all-devouring all corporate monster. But it's just kind of like, as a sequel... As a sequel to Finding Nemo, and like, like it's just you, you generally like you go to Illumination or Sony if you want a little flick. You go to like you go to Disney or Pixar when you want masterpieces, especially a follow-up to a masterpiece. But it but it, it's certainly not the worst they they've turned up. 
I don't I don't even hate Cars 2, but my hate's towards The Incredibles 2, but that's for another day. But, well, I guess, well, I guess, how do we want to start this? All right, all right, everyone, let's be real. You'll get, you guys get to vote on this. Should we start with, should we start with my thoughts on Finding Dory, or find out what Mr. Carroll thinks of his, of his film, his film that he likes, but, or, excuse me, he doesn't like, but recognizes as good. Please, you go first, Mr. Shellhorn, sir. I'm glad, I'm glad you chose well, <laughs> Sheath's Blade. <laughs> You saved yourself and your entire family this day. No, don't don't do terrorism. Don't condone don't condone any of that shit. Uh, oh gosh, you're so politically correct. Uh, no, you're so politically correct. <laughs> I beg your you better never say those wo- those words in my face again. Shit, my shit. <laughs> my memory. That's it. Well, that's it. Well, finding Dory. I am gonna start out. It is good. I'm not. I'm not all saying it was bad. There are others Pixar's done that more, has done like just two stinkers, in my opinion. But I thought Finding Dory was good as a story. Particularly, I thought the storytelling was surprisingly effective. Uh, Dory falls into you know, falls into what's usually a trap. Like you, like you ever know that? You ever know that movie or show where a guy, the corporate executive said, "Hey, you know what? People really like the side character. They're funny." And goofy, or, or whatever. Most importantly, they're profitable. They need their own spin-off, minion, like minions, or Mater from Cars too. Uh, I thought genuinely, like genuinely, how, like it's not even. I like Dory. I really do. Just how can we get a whole film about her? She's a, she's the comic relief, and she's a side character. She just, she can't, she can't handle it herself. Uh, even, even though it's half right. Uh, I actually thought the storytelling was surprisingly effective. It didn't go over. It didn't go overboard in the silliness. It actually had a pretty nice story structure to it. And a uh, fun fact: uh, uh, behind-the-scenes stuff for Finding Nemo, uh, director Andrew Stanton had said that uh, uh, he had, he originally wanted the backstory with the Barracuda to be told through flashbacks at the end when Nemo's about to get a Nemo and Dory being taken away by the fishing net. He was gonna intercut the backstory in there, but. Through flashbacks, but it didn't work because no one liked Marlin. But he decided to keep that for Finding Dory, hence why Dory keeps getting flashbacks and pieces of her memory throughout. Which I thought was good. It actually fit her, and I thought they handled her character well for that. So that's so I thought in that regard, story's pretty good, pretty solid. It had some some really good emotional moments, some good emotional beats. Like well, like spoiler alert, uh, when she briefly thought her parents were dead or whatever. And some, and some other moments, or or even sympathizing with the, at least Marlin and Nemo were capable of handling handling themselves, the, like with with real seriousness to anyone that's known anyone that struggled with mental stuff or anything like that. Because I know I cert I certainly know people like that. Like she just did. Like she just didn't really have it all. She didn't have it all together. She couldn't really handle herself. It's just kind of tragic seeing her. Uh, like seeing her happy without knowing why, or knowing knowing there's something wrong, but not being able to fix. Oh gosh, I'm rambling. I'm rambling. I'm I'm rambling. I'm gonna move on. He tends to do that, folks. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. That's why. I, that's why I did. Oh shoot! I was rambling in my mind, and I already forgot what I was gonna say. Damn it. Hmm. Oh whatever. 
uh, the animation. Nemo is already one of the one of the best animated films of all time, one of the most beautiful ones. It actually took about three weeks for a single frame of animation to render, because that's how detailed all the particles and such were. And at one and at one point, the creators even got live action. Even got like they even made really really detailed water that looked like actual ocean water. But but our but but director Andy once once again told them, uh, it looks too real. No, it looks too real. Tone it down a bit. But I, I thought in terms of color palette, Finding Dory re like really improved there, or that not that it could improve on Nemo much, but like with the with the little advent of technology, did pretty good. Like act acting, I thought even for like everyone was good as normal. Need I even mention like Ella DeGeneres and Ellen DeGeneres and why she's good? Like even some of the new characters I didn't care for, like Hank and the whale shark, were well, pretty well acted. And Nemo's replacement, because Alexander Good is too old. All pretty good. Story answered some questions, wondering about her. Ever wondered why she can speak whale? Well, it's because... Is it because her friend the beluga whale used to speak to her? No, it's because something that's not even a whale, the whale sharks, kept speaking to her. Hey, wait a minute. <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> Something's going on here. Something's fishy here. <laughs> ah, fish, fishy. Dad blasted, Ethan. That, you, have some, you have such good... No, you have such terrible dry humor, and yet you gave such a bad pun. If you leave the low-hanging fruit on the branch, it goes bad. Was that innuendo? Maybe. Well, the, well the, now I'm, I'm single-handedly destroying this channel. And, and, some, and some other things, like where, where Dory was going, who she was trying to find, and all of that. It's pretty good. Pretty good. Well, overall, you can see why I think it's a good movie. But that's not why you're here, because that's not interesting. That's not interesting. It's more interesting to rip into something bad. Even though I'm not going to do that, I'm still going to prove why I am why I am a deviant, an anti, or what do they call them, anti-culturalist, or anti-culture, whatever, those people that try to go against the flow. Contrarians, maybe? Flow, ocean. No, I think they call them Carols. Hmm. Maybe they call them Stevens. That's possible. Well, then why well, at least uh, at least you only insulted me and not my family that time. Well, now for uh, one of my big th so one of my big things was that just simply it wasn't as interesting for me because of the setting that in a queer like in Finding Nemo we explored the wide open ocean we got to see, like we saw the beauty of the of the Great Barrier Reef we saw a sunken ship full of sharks we saw the deadly trenches the abyss and. Uh, all the terrifying creatures therein, open ocean, East Australian current, you did it. We saw all these great, wonderful places of the ocean that no eyes seen, no ears heard, except James Cameron. You know, when Phil, you know, going to the bottom of the ocean and all that. It was so, it was so great. It was exploring, exploring this great new world. Dory was inside an aquarium in a research center. I think, I, for me, I don't know about y'all, but I find aquariums are great and all, but I find... But I find that far less interesting than exploring the open ocean, especially through the, the lens of fiction and what animation can produce. Uh, what, uh, I didn't personally find it funny. Uh, I really, well, I mean, I, I mean, I know, I mean, pick, I demand Pixar has to cater to me, has to cater to me, the god of the cinema seat, well, that makes, makes Catholic cross. Well, then, and, they're t and I'm clearly their core target audience, so they have to, so they have to revolve everything around me. 
Like, I, I get it, they're going after kids, but yeah, the part what's great about Pixar movies and the original Finding Nemo is that it was fun for people of all ages. That, like, everyone could laugh at Dora's antics. Dora's antics weren't terribly funny in this. And I know my, I know, and remember, everything I'm saying is completely, is completely objective. If you disagree with me, then screw you, you are wrong because, because there's no interpretation or personal taste involved. He's true. He's not telling the lie. Don't, don't take his... <laughs> Did I hear a peep out of you about the lions? No, sir. Oh, that, oh, that's good. I thought, that's good. I thought I'd have to starve you again. I did. And I can see where they were trying with like Becky the bird, I'm like, like Becky the bird and whatever, but uh, or the seals, but didn't find it funny. Even Dory's antics weren't too interesting to me. Uh, man, probably the the biggest reason it wasn't funny though was like the, doing certain things. Like the whale shark character best exemplified it, which was, which was she was speaking in that tween sitcom style. I believe TV tropes has a page, calls this page, I'm still relevant, damn it. Why when it, why characters from, why characters from the 80s, from the 80s, just like characters from the 50s, cause we're still hip, cool, and groovy. This is all we think kids talk about, and all that, it, it often relies on that kind of humor, and I just expect better Pixar, and, and, uh, you show you are much more irrelevant to the culture by doing that. That is not, not funny. Why am I talking so long about that? That's not that's not such a big deal, but it just bothered me personally because humor is my humor is why it helps me enjoy a movie, and even more so, something meant to be funny but is very is not bothers me a lot in movies. I did not want to be bothered in a Finding Dory movie. Yes, I should not be bothered for any reason. Well, that's my that's my philosophy. The whole world lives to serve me. Uh, no, uh some. Like some of the character duos wasn't as much a fan of, like Mar, like Marlin, Marlin and Nemo, like it was it was pretty nice seeing Marlin and Nemo, having to work, like coming together at the end of Finding Nemo, but neither Marlin and Nemo nor Hank and Dory make for really interesting buddy buddy buddies in my opinion. I think like if anything Dory's whole reason for being in Nemo was to balance out Marlin and like like Marlin's adult fear. And paranoia with her light-hearted self. I didn't think Hank served the same thing. Him being, I just didn't like Hank in general. He wasn't uh, interesting to me. Nemo was kind of well, a little more... Well, I guess Nemo was still in character. I didn't like that Marlin had to repeat his whole character arc from the first movie. Except with less relevance. Like the first movie, he he freaking... Not, well, I was about to say he saw, but he didn't actually see. His wife got eaten... Like, he failed to save his wife and children from being eaten by a barracuda, except for Nemo. And when Nemo got out of sight of him, he was taken away by a scuba diver. And the ocean's full of dangerous shit, we saw, we saw in, the, in the movie. Of course he was terrified for his son. Uh, why, why is he still so over-worried about, jo about Dory? And, and working off the, And working off that, I... And working off that, remember... Well, speaking of Dory being a sidekick, remember I did say earlier that uh, it helps that Dory, like and Pixar half succeeded in giving Dory an effective movie, like her own effective movie, and Ellen DeGeneres was even looking forward to it while recording Nemo, but on, on the other hand, I feel like they did the, the story-wise, I feel like they did a, a pretty good job, but on the other hand, it's still a movie about Dory, which I know that sounds like a weak excuse, but it, it didn't. 
but because like Dory's nature, it just doesn't, it doesn't capture the grand epicness of the ocean or the deep messages or anything. And that, and I'm not saying this is a Finding Nemo fanboy. Like I like it. It's like it was like childhood movie growing up and shit. But I'm not a devotee. Like it, it deviated from the original. Uh, but it's and I just thought I liked some of the emotional depth and new some of the emotional depth and nuance, like father and son learning a like getting each other's styles. Oh, I see where my dad came from. He went all this way to save me, you know. Like I love and I love my son, but I need to learn to let go. Things like that. I just didn't think especially since Dory tied it all together a little too happily. Uh the, one of the big things for me was that the characters were just not memorable and the new characters were just not memorable in this movie. Like the the seals, the beluga, the whale shark and uh, the few and a few others like think about like Hank or no not Hank forget him uh, think about Hank or crap why do I keep saying that think about Crush Bruce Gil anyone from Finding Nemo those are memorable those are iconic pretty much I'm pretty sure most everyone at Barry College knows would know Crush if he did his voice no one in no one in Dory really stands out to me that way nor is memorable as a shark as a shark that so first shark friends not food. It also got a little unbelievable, rather unbelievable times. Like I can, even though a Nemo got a little unbelievable, could stretch things a little bit. Like a father crossing the ocean to find his son, some things were believable. Like Nemo could hop out, find a way to flop out of a bag into the into a drain and get into the ocean, even though in real life he'd be crushed by gears in the process. Uh, it it really stretched it when they. That's uh, me. I think Dory just pushed it when animal when animals fish hacked a truck and drove a truck down the interstate into the sea. Speculated. Did we switch into Toy Story? And overall, though, it, I get overall, I just, whole movie. I just thought it yeah, it was good, but it it could have been great. But it, it was good, but it could have been great. I expect that from Pixar. I expect their movies to be great, and overall, just spoke of a cash cow. But. But hey, what do but hey, what do I know? I'm just a social deviant or whatever. I can't wait till uh, finding Marlin, where the uh, climax takes place in an airplane, kind of like Con Air. <laughs> <laughs> I would actually love that. I would. I'd be more. That would be awesome. Yeah. Than finding <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my goodness, Marlin's Marlin's out for his revenge. For his revenge this time. They took away his wife. Then they took away his kids. They're not gonna take away. Now, now I'm surprised, Mother Effers. I don't know how much swearing is allowed in the fusion. Just goes on a barracuda rant. Got <laughs> it. Ah, but I. Uh, but I heard a bit. But uh, on Sheaths and I, I heard, I heard you contest me earlier. Why? I heard you, your contestants and a uh, contest. Shit, whatever. I heard you had a di- you had a different opinion and all that nonsense earlier. Why why did why why do you like it so much? I didn't say I like it so much. I said that I thought it was a mediocre flick and that that's what it was trying to be from the get go. I didn't think it was trying to be one of Pixar's you know high art good movies. I thought it was trying to be from the get go from the start up front, just a fun movie you put on and have a few laughs. And I thought it did that perfectly. So I thought it was treating advertisement. I guess you didn't think you didn't think that different. You just said it in fewer words. Yeah. Man, blast it! Why didn't Why didn't you just like tell me to say all that? Because then you wouldn't have taken the knife away from my back. Oh yeah, that's right. Well, I still might not take it away now. <laughs> yeah, that, 
Oh yeah, I guess that's a reason, a reasonable assessment. Overall, Miss Ida, Mr. Carroll, you may, your life, your life may be in jeopardy right now because you single-handedly broke the show. You got us to somewhat agree on, on this assessment. So now you have one, you have one chance to redeem yourself. Your, your one chance to redeem yourself. What, what is your film? Well, uh, Oppressive Overlord. My one film that I think is objectively really good, but I just cannot subjectively get into, would probably be The New World by some director who I'm sure is unimportant, you know. Uh, Malik, I think was his name? You know, if you want that to be the case, sure, you know. <laughs> but, you know... It's fun to bust his chops. It's, you know, it's kind of a cheat because it's not like it was a super popular film to begin with, but that's not the point. It's kind of like a cult success that everyone who's seen it is like, oh, this is like an unappreciated film. You need to watch it. You need to see this, man. And I watched it. I watched it several times. And I just... It's... Uh, I mean, I'm with it. I'm with this film for the first, like, 20 minutes. Because, you know, just the kind of perverse satisfaction of seeing the John Smith Pocahontas story, but gritty, you know? <laughs> There's just something fun about that. And, yeah, I mean, great cinematography and... You know, Corianka Kilcher and um, Colin Farrell, they give great performances. So, yeah, there's a lot to like for those first, like, 20, 30 minutes. And then after that, after, you know, uh, Christopher Newport's character, I forgot the real-life person's name, after Radcliffe is installed and uh, John Smith goes back to England, after that, the film just became so dull to me. And if I had to pin it down to anything, it would be that it's trying to be historically accurate but it's also kind of trying to crib from the Disney film, oddly enough. <laughs> I mean, okay, I have to give this film credit for not making John Smith a blonde Australian. That was just like, all right, 101. <laughs> it, it, you clear that hurdle. We can go from here. Oh, my gosh. What you, what you yourself are, by the way. I'm not Australian, mate. I mean, what do you think that? We're not, we're not objectifying anyone, anyone of Australian descent, but... Except New Zealanders. Except New Zealanders. Oh, uh, co uh, copyright, President Briggs took this channel down for being too politically incorrect. Oh, I wish we'll think you. Screw you. Anyway, go on. But, uh, see, I was enjoying in the first, like, you know, third-ish of the film when John Smith was portrayed much more as the kind of opportunistic, you know, borderline profiteer that he was in real life, where he's, like, you know, kind of overhyping himself and just trying to make deals and stay afloat and keep this colony going so that way he can, you know, look good in the eyes of the monarchy. I mean, like, scene one, he's about to be hanged, and Newport's character is like, all right, Smith, for the sake of this expedition, I'm pardoning you, but I'll thank you not to reply with one of your witticisms. And Farrell <laughs> just gives this, like, this smirk that's, like, half grateful, but also half, like, kind of, like, roguish, and I'm just like, okay, <laughs> there, that's, like, that's historical John Smith. This is, like, <laughs> and, you know, you have, like, scene like 15 minutes in you get a guy like getting his ear cut off because he like shot an indian it's just like okay this is like gritty historical accurate okay like i said kind of a first satisfaction seeing this <laughs> then which means it can be done right by the way hollywood you can't make historically accurate i know things. right <laughs> who'd have thunk but then you know pocahontas you know saves smith and another great scene where like you know they're learning to speak each other's language on a basic level and it forms that basic connection but then you realize oh they're they're gonna do a romance, uh, okay. You, like um, okay. Uh, you you mean between you know grown ass John Smith and this little kid, this uh, daughter of the chief? Uh, okay, 
Oh my gosh. You, you, oh, you do you, boo. Oh, oh, oh shit. No. Forgot about that, didn't at you? least in the Disney film that at least in the Disney film she was like looks like over eighteen. In in real life she was like twelve. Was she was she still twelve in this movie? Uh, or or like young kid. They didn't. I mean, they didn't kind of outright say it one way or the other, but they certainly picked a younger actress. And I mean, you know, Corianka Kilcher, you know, is the whale rider. You know, so she's kind of when you think of her, you think of her as a kid. So you know. Oh. But, I mean, that wasn't even the worst bit, in my opinion, because the romance part of the movie kind of dragged the movie down, because now, instead of watching, like, the political struggles of this colony trying to stay afloat and make a profit and, you know, look good in the eyes of the English aristocracy, instead, we're getting, you know, this kind of melodrama about, you know, don't tell her that I went back to England, tell her that I died in the crossing, so that way she won't have a broken heart. It's like... That's clearly, that's clearly far more interesting. <laughs> Yeah. Than the than the beginning of a new of a new world. I mean, yeah. What do you think it's called that for? Eh. It's a minor nitpick, I'm sure, but really, it just kind of made me not conk out, not zone out. Just I couldn't feel that same visceral connection to the film after I realized they were gonna crib just a little bit from the more romanticized versions. It's almost like they weren't adapting history; they were adapting John Smith's own like accounts where he was like hyping himself up. Which could have been interesting if they leaned into that, but they didn't. So, which would be, which is history itself. That's that's his personal account. Who would have known the story better than the man himself? Now, I will say it is kind of interesting to see a film in which they adapt something differently than the way it was, not because of some like stylistic choice, but because everyone kind of expects that. Everyone watches the Disney film, and so they expect a romance between John Smith and Bocanis. So now, even in the New World, where they're trying to be more realistic they still have a romance between John Smith and Pocahontas. It's kind of like in um, Bram Stoker's Dracula, where it's like, you know, Stoker didn't care about the real-life, you know, Vlad Sepesh. You know, he didn't care about that. He just took the name because it sounded cool and mysterious and harsh. <laughs> but everyone has now associated Dracula with Vlad the Impaler, and so now when Coppola comes along and makes his film, he makes sure that, you know, um, what's his name, the guy who was in... Um, the guy was serious black. Anyway, you know, his hair looks like Vlad Sepesh, and he's wearing the armor, and he's impaling a guy in one scene. They make sure he looks like Vlad the Impaler, even though that's not part of the original Dracula text. Oh. That's kind of the impression I got with the New World and the treatment of the relationship between Pocahontas and um, John Smith, you know? Fan, ex- fan expectation syndrome? Except in this case, what fans? Who was actually asking for this movie? <laughs> that's true. I think that that's actually one of the more controversial points of a... Uh, Disney's Pocahontas, but literally most of the criticism directed at the movie is that, you know, that is that they got to get they got together. Why would you? Do? I feel like I'm in the, that'd be a base some base level for me to say, but really, I mean, I'm sure more people were asking for you know finding Marlin than they were asking for any of these. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at least two people are asking for that. Yeah, that's true. You know what? Let's crowd on this right now. Oh, start yeah. a GoFundMe. We're gonna we're gonna make. Finding Marlin. That's right. We'll, we'll tell you. We'll make. We'll make it if we. Have, we'll make it if we have to kidnap Andrew Stanton. All right. President Briggs. No, I, I wouldn't get in trouble with President Briggs. It's my boss to get in trouble with. But I love you all. We would not kidnap Andrew Stanton, but we will get this made. And um, and in the process, we'll save Disney. I guess we'll save Disney the money of having a live action reboot of Pocahontas, <laughs> since apparently it sounds it sounds like that's what Braden, or shit, not Brave New World, what the New World is. And, you know, with all of Disney's live-action remakes being um, pretty boring, yeah, it, it would fit right in. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Except Cinderella, I felt like that one was uh, one of the less boring ones. I felt like that was a good that was a good way of taking a that was a good way of taking the like the historic like the historical context and background, updating the story for modern audience, but still keeping this, like the overall Cinderella story. And of course, it helps that that was based on a fairy tale, an actual story, and not based on a something that never happened in the first place. So says a man who clearly never watched Ever After. Well, the, like, how rude, how, how navely, how insulting, and how true. I do that sometimes. Yeah, so, uh, I know, I know I'm, I'm the one uh, pretending to get that, but really, he, or really, I told him, but in reality, I told him several times, listen, everybody, but, everybody's, there's always a buddy system, there's all, and this duo, you know, like, in, in this duo, there's always a Gilgamesh and his donkey, and we both know, in this partnership, I'm the donkey. To which I said, you idiot, it's Anki-Doo, not Donkey. Well then, wh- where the hell did I get Donkey from? I don't know. Well, surely not from Shrek. Yeah. And a, oh shit, but... Hmm. <laughs> Why the hell are we talking about this? You're still doing it. <laughs> well, not necessarily. I mean, like I said, it was really one sticking point I had with the film. And um, it was just enough to take me out of the film. I would have been on the New World, like, you know, I was on the second season of Game of Thrones, in terms of how much I enjoyed it if it had leaned more into all the machinations, you know, okay, how do we survive in this harsh wilderness? We all make trade agreements, you know, keep the uh, monarchy interested in us and our, you know, little colony. I would have been so interested in that. I would have been so down for that with all the striking cinematography and the great performances. It would have been a really good film. Instead, they go for, you know, I'm going back to England. Don't tell her that I left her. Tell her that I died in the crossing so that way her heart won't be broken. It's like... <laughs> like the movie that did a full 180, or the... I did a full 180, started off good. But it's, uh, you know, since you've been talking, I get the idea. It sounds like, like it's, you know, the way you're describing it, so it sounds like, like, some, I mean, honestly, th- I'm starting to think, someone had a vision, or that's probably, may not be where it came from, but someone had a vision for a movie, like, historical epic, when those were still a thing. I, I love those. About John Smith. Yeah, an interesting way to do it. But then, there was the corporate meddling, well, now, look at, mm, ah, that's interesting, but, you know, it just looks interesting. Mm, Cinderella, mm, mm, shit, I said Cinderella. Mm, Pocahontas and all her monies. <laughs> mm, Pocahontas and all the monies. You gotta, bro- you gotta bring in that, aud- you gotta bring in that audience, despite, uh, despite this not being aimed at kids, kids would be very bored of this. I mean, at least, you know, back in the day when they were gonna make a historical epic and they were gonna pull a corporate move like that, they at least had the decency to cast, you know, Elizabeth Taylor in the role. So you know, <laughs> well, that, well, actually, well, then that would be, well, then they'd still have a problem there, on their hands, because then that'd be what, because then they'd wash, whitewashed her. Yeah, back in the sixties, whitewashing didn't exist, <laughs> because nobody who wasn't white existed. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's fact, man. Look at the films. Yeah, <laughs> sadly true. That's sadly true. That, they could even get away with that into. 2005, not now, like, or like me, I'm, like me, and my, my personal opinion, I'm a little indifferent, I'm a little indifferent to that, but I recognize that, I, that I respectfully recognize that it, bar- that it bothers people. Right, hell, if you want to talk about, well, not, it's not whitewashing, but it's just kind of funny to think about, you know, Koryanka Kilcher plays Pocahontas in the New World, she was the whale rider, she was a New, Z- a New Zealander, she was, you know, of the, was it Cowrie, Cowrie tribe, I oh, can't remember the name exactly, but, 
you know, not, you know, Native American. So, like, so I got like a like misrepresentation. I mean, nobody's gonna object to that. I'm not objecting to that. It's just kind of funny to think about. It's like, <laughs> that's that's kind of funny. It's kind of like a like like some movies like like some movies like cast a like someone from New, someone from New Guinea is a someone from Africa, even though there's a lot of genetic difference. But no, no intended racism. I'm, I'm sorry, guys. I'm probably opening. My, I probably have so many feet in my mouth that I'm cho- I'm choking death on them. But yeah, it makes you wonder where all those feet are coming from. Well, I don't have I don't have enough legs. Probably yours. Your fault for backing me into a corner. Now this now this that's how we usually do it. Usually between two of us between two of us, I usually walk. I usually get us into um, I strain. I get us into some deep shit we didn't have to be in in the first place, and then he does. Not only does he do absolutely nothing to get us out of it, he actually buries us deeper. He act, like he actively pours dirt on us, but yeah, supervises, meaning whips me to work and dig us out. Hey, I brought the shovel. I mean, you brought the, like you brought the shovel. I brought the tombstone. But I made you carve the names on the tombstone. And uh, to which I car- to which I carved Ethan and Ethan. <laughs> Ethan, so, Stephen, they both have an Enum. Yeah. Oh great! But that sounds. But I can. But yeah, honestly, that kind of makes sense. I can see why that would be a little bit of. Nah, I can honestly see why you why you like his. I almost feel like you're not you're not watching the same film. Feel like, but you really love the first. You're watching one third one third of one film and two thirds of another film. That's probably the best way to put it. Is. <laughs> but it's like those two thirds of the other film are slightly reminiscent of the first third of the other film, so you almost feel kind of frustrated, like, couldn't I have been watching that film? Oh, man. It's, it's like, I, I wouldn't even mind if, if this existed, if it was, if it was separate from it. Uh, it, sounds like, it sounds like you said it might be a minor nitpick, but I'd say this is not a minor, minor nitpick. This is actually uh, something pretty significant that uh, kind, of ruined the, like, the view, kind of ruined the viewing for you. Uh, it certainly didn't make me a cultist of this cult film, so I mean, yeah. yeah. Uh, that sounds... It sounds like overall, like you still think it. Like you, I, I hate having to go just thumbs up or thumbs down. That's why I, I don't really bother with Rotten Tomatoes. And that's why I always do thumbs sideways. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, me too. Uh, even Martin Scorsese hates it. He says, he says, uh, Rotten Tomatoes takes a craft that involves a lot of nuance, skill, and interpretation, and condenses it to a simple yes or no. So I give this film a thumbs north by northwest at three minutes and four degrees. Oh. So Caesar says you can live and die at the same time. Which Caesar? Oh, that's a good question. Well, you didn't call me Caesar earlier, so that would beg the question. Oh yeah, speaking of which, is my family gonna be okay? Yeah, but uh, yeah, about that, your your family will join will join you in Elysium. <sighs> gladiator quote. <laughs> ah, gladiator. Oh, oh man, well, I feel like at this this point we're kind of rambling, but. Like, you know, it's just kind of good to shake things up, to be honest. And th- and this part of why we're in we're unpopular that or that I'm like uh, uh, this part of why we're unpopular that um I usually he and I, he and I tend to like flock to all, like all the cult following films and uh like those or like like he lo- he really likes the room. And, uh, it's hilarious. It, it is, un- just unintentionally so. It's hilarious <laughs> for all the wrong reasons. And that makes it good. And I'm the kind that, like, will sometimes seek out bad... Mo- sometimes, like, intentionally seek out bad movies just to, like, just to laugh at them. 
Yeah, but, but also that, some things. There's another side to it. There are also movies that most people don't like that I honestly think are pretty good. What are they? <laughs> I'm not gonna. T- I'm not going to tell you right now. Why would I do? You'll have to. You'll have to wait till two weeks from now if you want to figure that out. And like, uh, will will we ever find anything positive? Does the emoji movie really beat the Godfather? Is the canoe wood or aluminum? And will Mr. Carroll survive to see another day? Check out in two weeks' time, same Shellhorn time, same Shellhorn place. Same Shellhorn place. No, he said Shellhorn and not and not Carroll because we don't care. We don't care about those. Those are the like, knuckle. Those are the knuckle drag. Knuckle draggers that kill animals to cover their feet, <laughs> and uh, and and before and before I uh, so, before I sign my superior and clear and clearly not amateur self off. Well, do you have any any last words? I mean, parting words, Mister Ethan. Yeah, I do. Well, and and before I, before you say them, they won't summon Cthulhu, right? Oh no. No, oh, just his brother. Ethan is a free elf. And and there you have and there you have it. That's why that's why there's only one member of that species left. On that note, I was, on that note, I will say this is this has been fun having my my objective completely right opinion and in my completely objective opinion, you should check out Viking Fusion's other contents on YouTube, SoundCloud, and our website vikingfusion.com. Go watch other shows I try in our best trying our best and uh, other and even and our new stuff and I'm probably and once again I'm probably gonna get and among all the other finds I've probably gotten in this episode I'm probably gonna get another one for uh, plugging in other stuff and uh, advertising other stuff so on so on that note if I don't ever see y'all again it has been a good one my name's Stephen Shellhorn and my name is Ethan S Carroll and drive fast take chances out there folks that's right that's right don't obey the, don't obey the speeding laws and catch you later